That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I am Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute. It's a podcast. Yeah, we watch a minute of Batman v Superman, the ultimate edition, and we analyze it and we talk about it. We've done 48 minutes. We're in the midst of Lex Luthor's party, minute 49. All our major players have gathered in one room. I was thinking it's a little bit of a shame that Finch isn't here. Mm. That would kind of just be like the perfect, you know, extra little bit. It is a it is a black and white party, Stephen. It's about to get a whole lot grayer. May I help you, Mr. Wayne? Oh, uh, I just thought the bathroom was down here. I must have, that last martini was uh, too, too many, I think. I think this is where, it's interesting that the, that the minute was, like the, the marker was, you know, where it ended up. Because this is the minute where Lex gives the actual meat of his, you know, I, I think what is relevant about his speech that, that we'll, we'll get to, I guess. He starts off by saying, you know, gods and men, Prometheus, he's off on some insane tangent about knowledge, yeah. I guess. Well, this is where, like, Terrio, Chris Terrio is, like, really flexing with his writing it's for a the It's a Lex flex. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've had a little bit of that in the movie so far, but, like, th- this is one of those um, – I think he, he probably, I have a feeling, enjoyed writing Lex the most. Yeah. Um, but um, – yeah, but of the of all the stuff that we've had from him so far, this kind of feels the the one where he's like the most just kind of like going for it. Yeah, we get it's it's funny now in hindsight because this was before any Wonder Woman story that Lex gives his interpretation of how things played out with Zeus wanting to destroy all mankind and Diana gives her eye roll, which is her origin movie basically begins by revealing that Zeus is the exact opposite of that. That's a little, I guess, meta moment for us, but in the actual movie itself it's worth thinking what we would think of Lex Luthor if we didn't get him giving this speech. Mm-hmm. Like, if we only had him behind closed doors, or if he was, if his speech kept this tone throughout the whole thing, we would think, oh, this is perfect. He fits perfectly in with this let the meat cake beat, pontificating about ancient Greek myth, yada, yada, yada. But the, the thing that, that sticks out in this moment, uh, or in this minute for me, is... And I think you noticed that too. I only now heard what he's saying because of the subtitles yeah. <laughs> that are on while I'm watching this minute, in which he says, um, at one time, it's funny too, because he's doing, he sounds like he's doing like a, like a late night opening monologue kind of thing. Uh, he's like, but you know, it's, it's true. At one time, my, my father could not buy books. He could not afford books growing up. He had to root through the garbage for yesterday's newspaper. And that is like such a vivid, like, uh, you know, we can get into the veracity or how how Lex talks about his father, but to Lex wanting to publicly represent his father as somebody who grew up reading yesterday's newspaper, that is so (laughs) – and add into the fact that he has taken that and is now the biggest supporter of the Metropolis Library. Yeah. It's like almost another way of for him to – embarrass his father like to apply shame after the fact that now he gets to talk about his father as 
literally out of time, you know, like out of out of touch with yeah. what is actually happening in the world. And it's like the um, the opposite of that that show early edition. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, I think that's called like life. Yeah, <laughs> is how that actually works. I know that you are. I guess you would hear this and immediately assume he's making this up just to basically slam his father. Oh yeah, through even through- more. Ever since starting to examine this in in this podcast, I don't believe a word that he says about his dad. Yeah. Like every time he opens his mouth, it's like it reminds me of um, Joker's "You know how I got these scars" mm. speech in Dark Knight. So he should start all of these by saying like, "My father might as well have." Yeah, <laughs> but but if he says it, that's interesting too. Because if he said that, it would be like, "Boy, Lex has real daddy issues here." Yes, that he's clearly. But if he just says, "You know, my dad," people assume, "Oh, this is." Obviously true. He's speaking affectionately. Lex looks and sounds like a normal human now. Yeah, well, and we know – I mean, we already know that he's got this weird fixation on that because we already – we have we we just got the um, – maybe if I just I – mean, maybe dad will come back if I just keep everything the same. Yeah, and his room of death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the magical thinking of orphan boys. Mm-hmm. And so he just keeps on bring, bringing that up and it, it is really interesting how it's always like a backhanded sort of like – Yes, he, he's talking about like he's acknowledging. Oh no, my dad made this company and he came from nothing. But also, he wants everyone to know that his dad was nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's holding his father's circumstances against him. Yeah, or using it to belittle him. And I think it works either way. I think if he if he is telling the truth and this is the reality, or or you know, it's it's the thing that his father claimed or whatever, because he's implied that his father was a liar. Maybe he's more like his father than than Lex would like to admit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but if I mean, he is telling, very well could be a trait that he picked up from his dad. Yeah, but if he, if it is true, I think it informs who Lex is trying to present himself as. It, it makes it like even giving money to this public library and trying to be a promoter of knowledge is still some kind of backhanded way of rubbing his father's face in it, or. If he's using it to build up his own story, then the story he's building up is, I'm not like my father. My father was looking backwards. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's a, and there's like a, I stand on the shoulders of, on the shoulders of giants, but also he's obviously trying to sort of put him down at the same time. Yeah. But he, he wants everyone to, he, I think he presents it as a way of indicating that he is humble. Like he uses <laughs> yeah, his yeah. father's humble. Like it's like no, Lex, you you did not wave daisies at tyrants. You did not read yesterday's newspaper, but you you look down on your dad for having done that. Yet you want the benefit of his hardship that you've yeah. never experienced. Yeah, that's going to be. I think keep getting layered in terms of because I think I think that's nice to see that it's like extending now. We've got a base layer of Lex's daddy issues, and now it is like we are actually using that as a a pot of dirt to grow out of, you know, into yeah. well, who is Lex actually now? He, because this is him. This is his party. Like this is all coming to perfectly together in front of him. I, I, I think that's where we actually end with him. We, we traveled down with, with Bruce into the basement where he is going to apply his leech. This might be one of the only times in the movie where the like movie magic comes in that there happens to be a cable in I guess in hindsight, it almost seems a little too perfect. Yeah. Well, and there's a question of whether or not he – it's all part of the setup because they're guiding him to do it in a specific yeah. way. But but also, there's kind of a pulpy aspect to it also because if you go back to um, – it's like Jimmy Olsen's 
tracker, that, that little tracker and the camera had a blinking light on it and it was beeping. <laughs> so it's very much kind of embracing the like little bit of James Bond kind of like, no, that's not exactly what it is, but this is cool. It reminds me of at um, the uh, Zack Snyder's director's cut event. He's talking about in Dawn of the Dead when the zombies, they go down into the like the basement and the zombies find them down there and they're running back up. They run up the stairwell and they're, they go to get through the door back into the mall and the zombies stop in the stairwell and kind of have a brief moment of like facing them down. <laughs> and, and Zach said, he said he got like a producer note or something that was like, would they really like, th- these are zombies. Like they're not going to stop and stare them down. And he's like, you know what? You're right. In a, in real life, a zombie would not stop and stare them down. Um, but it's cooler this way. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> In real life, patching into like a uh, to like a, a server like that is is not nearly as not that this is the most interesting thing in the world, but it's fairly mundane. So yeah, that's interesting. I'm gonna get a Nolan reference in here. Nolan would just cut over this. Yeah, it would be implied. You get like one or two insert shots of like cables being pulled, and yeah. then we just skip through it. Whereas with Zack Snyder, it's no. I mean, just plug the thing in. We all know, like. <laughs> Get lost in the fun capery feel of this because well, then, about like in a comic book, like they're gonna no, like the comic book yeah. is gonna show the device and the like all the you know in the in the exact same way. So yeah, yeah. Bruce is immediately interrupted by Mercy once again, who seems to be really buying his excuse that he stumbled <laughs> into a server room looking for the restroom. I wonder how proud of that he was. Yeah. Hey, hey, Alfred, you should have told her. She totally bought my fake drunk. Yeah. I was like, she was like, oh, this guy. You know what? He's out of practice. Yeah. That is that is the big takeaway from it for me. His best line in this is is coming in the next minute. Um, We're left in suspense as he excuses himself as – I think this is the moment where like my mom most enjoyed Ben Affleck being cast because he is putting on this immediate air of – I think what people thought of young Ben Affleck as. Yeah. And that is a, a, a very fun, very fun moment. Uh, mainly because again, after the fact, we know that like, she knew she waited for this moment to come in. She was probably waiting for you to hook up the thing. Yeah. It was yeah, like, exactly. well, yeah. Well, that's what's so weird too about watching it one minute at a time. And we've seen the movie so many times already versus like watching it in the theater is there's actually a little bit of tension there because not that there's not now, but because we don't know that at this point we've got what he's been tracking the white Portuguese. We don't know how long he's been tracking that, but he goes to the underground boxing ring and meets KG beast there steals KG beasts phone. Another moment where like, you know, he's just playing. He, he It's going so well for him and he thinks he's so clever, but now we know that like, he's just eating the bait off the line, like yeah. blindly. Yeah, just following a breadcrumb trail instead of, and I know a lot of people were upset about this kind of portrayal of Batman as he's the world's greatest detective. He should be smarter than this, and and I agree, he should be smarter. Like this is really really dumb of him. He's Bruce Wayne in broad daylight, plugging into this <laughs> the server at Lex <laughs> Luthor's mansion. I would say this is hardly him and his peak mental kind of state. Sure. Yeah. A lot of really kind of cool little things in there, but overall, not the most momentous of uh, of minutes in terms of like actual events. Yeah. And we will leave Bruce 
has he been caught? <laughs> I guess is, is the, we'll add some more suspense in here. He's in this room in, in Lex Luthor's basement. Will he get out? Will Mercy believe his story? Why is she being pulled away in the middle of a party that seems to be going pretty according to plan? These these answers and more. <laughs> Find out coming, more next time. Yeah. In our historic minute 50. Until then, we like those shoes. The red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. Hmm. One if I land. Hmm.